Hey, welcome back to another episode of Behind the Business. I am so excited about today's episode because I have my beautiful friend, bestie, a biz partner, like amazing, amazing friend, SJ Plumpton in the house today and could not be more excited. I feel, SJ, like this is the update to, goodness, probably the very first, first interview we did together, like when I was one month in mm. business back yeah. in 2018. So it's been a little while. Um, but for those who do not know you, how would you summarize who you are and what you do in a couple of sentences? Well, I'm SJ. My, I'm married now. So my married name is Kiyoviti. I'm married an Italian stallion. <laughs> Um, I'm 32. I am a coach. I'm a trader. I live up in North Queensland at the moment, but my lifestyle is about to dramatically change as I shift into van life, which is going to be mm. so epic. Um, yeah, that's basically me. Short summary. Now people know you as the money queen. And I guess if we take it back a few years, we had a mutual friend who put us in touch because I was learning how to trade crypto. And I was like, I don't want to teach this. Uh, do you have any Aussies that can teach me? And so SJ is part of a uh, community called IM and uh, Trade House Australia as well, which you've had headed up for the last several years. Um, how did that term come about? Like, how did you get into teaching people about money and wealth? It was definitely a default of being shit at it and then getting really good at it. <laughs> so, you know, I guess two things have landed me where I am today. Not having things and, and doing what's necessary to get it. So my willingness to do the work mm. and my belief that I can do it, right? They're the two things that have kind of landed me where I am today. So my purpose now is to help people create financial freedom and to manage their finances, because that was something I really struggled with. And I struggled with it uh, because it's just something that's not taught in school or society, right? Instead, my lessons on, on, on money, right? And the management of it were literally learnt through really shitty decisions, like, you know, loans from cash converters, <laughs> um, getting mm -hmm. a credit card, when I was really young, I thought that was needed to, you know, get a good credit score so that I can get a house and things like that. But, you know, none of that matters if you don't know how to, you know, understand yourself and your own behaviours with money. So more money doesn't mean you're magically better at it. We need to get to the root cause of why you are the way you are. And that is something I learned along the way that traditional advice kind of gives you and it's really flawed. So that's kind of why I'm now in the realm of, you know, I'm known as like the money queen or, you know, the trading queen, whatever. I'm so much more than that, but that is kind of, I went down that, that, down that route because that was something I really suffered with. And then I got good at it. So that's why I'm passionate about it because money was the one thing it's, it's up there with the importance of oxygen, right? We need it to thrive. And mm -hmm. most people are, are just surviving and, and I don't want to just survive in life. I want to use money as a tool to thrive. And so that's why I focus on it. 
I think what's been really incredible is just watching your, I said at the beginning, besties and just knowing each other for the last four or five years, watching each other's relationship evolve. Um, had the, the honor of receiving this phone call from SJ a few years back, telling me that she was engaged and then was able to MC a wedding last year. You've just wrapped your second round of your financial wellness course. You mentioned that these things aren't often taught. And I think there's lots of finance books. You know, there's guys like Dave Ramsey, um, who've been around the block. There's Kiyosaki and then different things, but I feel like your program has done something that we don't often see, not just in the, yes, there's a practical side, but I think you've been addressing a whole bunch of other deeper level issues that people can often find blocks with money. And, you know, I know so many people who read the barefoot investor when it first came out and they were excited and they, they built their systems into the bank account. And then you check in with them six months later, they failed because they're transferring money out of it. They're breaking their own processes. So what would you say has been different about this course that you've birthed and created? What is it that you wanted to do differently to other finance courses out there? Well, I too read barefoot investor. <laughs> I too was excited about it. <laughs> um, I too followed Dame, Dave Ramsey. Um, the, 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 the thing that was missing right before before i became a financial trader and then a coach i dealt with a ton of limiting money beliefs so several years ago if you had you know if you had wanted me to say you know educate on money mindset i would have been like can i swear on this friend yeah go for it i'm just like (laughs) of course i just wanted to be like can i swear there's no bleepers though i don't have the magic button Okay, cool, cool. I'll try not to, but you know me, I swear. Like, yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> in case something did fly out of my mouth, I apologize. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you told me the importance of, say, money mindset, I would have been like, give me a break. It's like, you know, I don't need money. I mean, I don't need mindset stuff. I need money. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and when I started all this, I was jobless, right? My subcontracting business failed. Um, my financial situation was really dire, right? Like I had my power cut off (laughs) because I couldn't pay my bills. I was three months in rental arrears, right? I was 25 at the time. I'm now 33 this year, but I was in a situation that a 25 year old shouldn't have been in, right? Like it's, it was embarrassing, but there I was broke as a joke. And broke was a reoccurring theme in my life. Like no matter how many times I got paid, it'd be gone. Right. And so that period of my life was my rock bottom. And sometimes I believe that you need a rock bottom so you can realize that you are actually the problem. Right. Because we spend a lot of our life, you know, unconsciously projecting and blaming things when really the common denominator is us. Mm. (laughs) Um, and, you know, I've always been a bit of a boundary pusher, but this was like a little bit too far in, in my eyes, you know, like I've always had the belief that I would always be okay. But this was like, I pushed the boundary of being, you know, silly to being absolutely reckless. And I found myself in a situation where I was really miserable. 
but I also realized I was the one making myself miserable. It wasn't anything else. It wasn't anything anyone done. It wasn't the company that I worked for failing, like, which is what normal things people would blame their circumstances on is everything external. I had to take a really big look in like hard look in the mirror and realize that I am my own worst enemy and I was my money's own worst enemy. And so because of that, that is the thing that made me take this whole money mindset thing really seriously. Like I had to take a step back, do a kind of bird's eye view on my life and ask myself, you know, who the fuck's running this shit show that I'm, I'm I call my life. Right. So mm. the, the, the thing with traditional finance advice that's out there is a lot of it is kind of cookie cutter. It's like open this account, do this, do this, do this. But until you work on, you know, both parts of the mind, the conscious and the, and the subconscious, you, you know, you, your subconscious mind is like this massive memory bank and it's storing all of your your memories so you don't have to learn the same things every day, right? But if you don't question anything, it's going to absorb everything. And so the, the thing that I found with all these gurus that are out there, it really is just superficial, cookie cutter, one size fits all. And when it comes to finance, finance isn't a one size fits all. I mean, so that was kind of the driving factor to make financial wellness program. It's not a budgeting program. It is a wellness and that and wellness encapsulates everything in your life. And money is the thing that can help you live a really good life. So that's why this program is so much different than anything else. Yeah. And I think you, you, you kind of nailed it where you're covering, where are your beliefs around money coming from? Where do they stem from? How does this actually shape you as a, person now are you a spender are you a saver do you hoard are you generous you look at all of that um even in how you are teaching different investment strategies talking about the different styles that relate to different individuals and their risk tolerance and i think that um incredibly insightful but also very comprehensive almost it, even though it was a three-month program, you could spend a whole year working through oh. all of your hang-ups around money and, and identifying, oh, fuck, this is why I've been so held back before. And you got some really epic testimonials, people paying off credit card debt, um, eliminating different loans, refinancing, going for an investment property, um, mm-hmm. really, really cool stuff. I think... One of the things that I really loved about your story when we first connected, um, because you're an incredible educator and, and facilitator to so many people learning how to trade through Trade House Australia. Um, yeah, this is journey. Uh, I think you're working for a jewelry retailer or you're, you're working part, part time. And I remember you full time. Okay, full time, but it wasn't enough to like keep everything on. And yeah. I remember you saying though that even even though you weren't earning uh, the amount that you would like to, your discipline and your persistence with learning the skill of trading. And I wanted to highlight this to listeners because you'll read a stat if you Google uh, people who are learning how to trade the stats are against people, right? 90 plus percent actually fail, quit, give up. And 
with your traders, that's not the case. You have an incredible, incredibly high retention rate in your business mm. and your education, but also you've worked with people for many, many, many years who have learned this skill and transformed their life. One of the things that stood out for me with you was even though there might've been this desire to start trading the markets earlier, you took six months to learn this skill first and to practice and to paper trade. Um, yeah. How do you feel as though that patience has actually shaped you as a trader, but also as a business owner? <laughs> now that I'm seven years into my trading journey, quitting my job at six months was actually like full transparency, the dumbest thing I could have done. <laughs> Okay. the dumbest thing I could have done. And what I mean by that is trading is like, if we think about social media and how social media portrays trading and investing, they make it sound mm. like it's an overnight get rich quick thing. This instant gratification, you know, maximum, you know, return for minimal effort is what it's like painted out. So for me, like, you know, I was making $630 a week full-time, right? My rent was $580 a week. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have much at the end of the week, right? Um, and as much as people could use that as like a, a reason to not do something, like my membership back then to learn to trade was like a hundred and something bucks a month, right? It was more than I could afford, but I feel like that stretch in, you know, the, the comfortability, like the elastic band on your wrist, right? That, that, that stretch, that expansion was the thing that really helped me evolve into how I am with money today. But quitting my job at six months um, was definitely an ego driven decision. It was like, you know, I feel like when traders start getting a little bit of momentum and they start, you know, it's like the um, something I spoke to on one of my recent trade calls was the, um, you know, the motion of emotion and the analogy that I use was the pendulum. Okay. And how the neutral state is where you need to be as a trader and investor and a business owner. But most people swing too far to the left, the negative side, which is the, the deep lows of the journey, or they swing too high to the high side. And not many, not many people actually speak to the high side of the euphoric state of trading and investing, because that can actually be equally as damaging. And that is the side that I found myself on where I was like King Kong of the charts, King Kong of trading. My ego was super inflated because I was on a mega winning streak for like weeks at a time. Right. And mm. I wasn't factoring in the downside of removing the, my weekly paycheck as a cushion. Right. Because one thing I didn't understand back then was trading and investing is about wealth creation right? It's not about paying your bills. That is what jobs are for. So when I took that away from myself, when I took the, the cushion of, okay, this is how I pay my rent, we then need to factor in what actually drives market and price and it's human emotion. So mm. here's me just taking away my little comfort blanket of being able to pay my bills to now shit, I need to trade to make my rent. So to, a, to an untrained investor and trader, the emotion, like the pressure and the expectation that puts on you when you don't have the emotional maturity, that makes you show up to the charts in a really reckless way. And you start swinging so far to the left hand side of the pendulum 
where you potentially take a few hits, take a few losses, you question your existence, you start regretting everything. And it's just, there's no kind of balance because you're just so far swinging from the highs to the lows. So me quitting my job was definitely a silly decision to make. Um, and, you know, it taught me a lot for sure. Like I don't regret it because it, it um, I don't believe in, in regretting things like that. Um, it, it put me, I work well under pressure. Like if my back is up against a wall, I'm like, okay, well, this is where I am. The only way forward is fucking forward. Like how do I figure this out? So mm-hmm. I figured it out. You know what I mean? Most people though would crumble because people don't like being uncomfortable. They don't work well under pressure. And so they quit, they cave. And then they, that they're the things that makes them become the part of the failing statistic of 95% of traders fail. It's not because trading doesn't work. Trading works. Mm. Trading makes the world go round, right? It's the person who fails because they don't have systems. They don't have the emotional intelligence. They don't have the maturity to take on such an endeavor. And so trading and investing, it's for wealth creation. It's not for paying bills. And if more people understood that, then they would have the vision. They would have the long-term mindset that's actually Mm. required for investing and trading. And that's where success is found because you won't find it in under a year. But most people don't want to stick at something yeah. for under a year. And suck at it for that period of time. Like, I, I you think... You to love the suck. <laughs> you, you do. I, I think, um, goodness, even just learning and people are really uncomfortable with being bad at something new and recognising... Yeah. Okay. You know where that comes from, though? Childhood. <laughs> yeah. You know, that mentality of if you're not first, you're last, right? You're taught to not want to be wrong from such a young age and how that plays out in adulthood, it stops people from starting anything. It stops people from finishing, like, because people don't want to be wrong. Their ego gets in the way. Yeah, and and I think the other element here that unfortunately really hinders people's ability to learn this skill is just short-term mindset because if you come from um, being an employee and you're trying to trade on top of full-time work and you're managing around a family and you've only got I don't know five ten hours a week to do this and you want to see immediate results that somehow match your current full-time paycheck that's a lot of pressure to carry on yourself um, to turn it all around and like you said, you, you want to have a mid to, to long-term outlook where this is a skill that will pay you for a whole lifetime, but you got to stick it out to learn it. Um, right. And, and I think a lot of, a lot of what you end up supporting people with, and this is why I think trade house as an educational platform is incredible is focusing on how can people manage their emotional states because the markets are, emotion driven as well and where people get wiped out is their ability to manage the skills of trading of simple what you're battling with is your own psychology all the time so what would you say what are some of like the biggest mistakes that you notice um newbie traders make in their first like six months of learning they don't understand the importance of trading psychology. They think it's all they 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 think success is found on the charts. 
right? But in my opinion, your trading success is equal to the amount of your emotional maturity, right? Because so something I hear all the time is traders love the idea of trading, okay? They love trading, yet they're in so much pain about it. Okay, and they think that if they can just get over their you know, painful emotions, they and then they can become disciplined, then they can become patient, then they get their mind right, then they'll be consistently profitable. But unfortunately, they don't think that way. They think charting and success is found on the on the on the market in the charts. Okay, but it's it's not in the emotions that are destructive to someone's trading success. It's someone's emotional reactivity that's actually causing their self-sabotaging behaviors. Okay. So, you know, telling a trader that they can only be successful if they're disciplined, if they're patient is like telling someone that they'll never have a relationship that's successful because they're too fat or too skinny. You know what I mean? Like Mm. it's, in, in the heat of the moment, it all comes down to your being on the charts, not so much you're doing. Like in the heat of the moment, it comes down to what you do with the skills you have and the strengths you have. But it's definitely not a lack of discipline. It's not a lack of patience, okay, because I think they all tie into identity, which isn't so much what we're talking about. But many, many people measure their trading success by the state of, their trading account, right? Their 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 confidence and their self worth as a trader is directly correlated with the amount of money they make. And the thing is with that is it's not your fault you think that. It's how we've been conditioned by society. Like you get judged by the results that your environment can see. So, you know, it's the lifestyle that you can live. It's the you quitting your job. It's it's the profit freaking screenshots on social media, right? It's it's the hype of the material stuff that people see. That is the thing that people measure success against. And although profits in trading can definitely be a measurement of success, that is actually where people focus on the most, okay? And that's where their self-worth is tied to. And that is mm. the very thing that will destroy a trader's career because when you become focused on the outcome, right? When, 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 that, when the focus is on the outcome, as you lose money, as you take losses, you then lose your confidence. And when you lose your confidence, your self-worth then becomes threatened. And that's when you start making, you know, irrational trades, um, impulsive trades, breaking your trading plan, right? And then you end up you know, losing more money in the, in the attempt to recover your self, self-worth. And that's this vicious cycle of self-sabotage. So if people only, like, why is it, Ryan, that there's so much information in the world out there for how to run a business, how to learn to trade, how to start investing, yet people still con- like continue to struggle to do it, right? There is so much information out there that is available. Like anything yeah. anyone needs in order to succeed is actually available, right? Yet the stats will still show you that however many percent of startups fail, over 95% of mm-hmm. traders will have no results, fail and quit, right? It's not because it doesn't work. It's because of the mindset. Like you can, you can, you can read all the books you want in the world. You can attend all the workshops, all the seminars, all the conferences. Um, you can refine your trading strategy as much as you want. You can accumulate as much knowledge about the topic you want that you could literally have a degree in it 
right? But it's not until you focus on the mind and the core of your actual being and the emotional Mm. experience of all of that, that's when you get to the root cause of why you're doing and why you haven't achieved what it is you want to do. But people don't want to do that, right? They just need chart work, Lambos. Yeah. (laughs) So I I have an interesting question for you on that. Obviously, people who don't get it and they struggle and they see it as a skill to learn and they don't have the patience, they drop off and quit and give up on themselves. Okay, that's those people aside. What about for the ones who are actually winning? And so that, as you said, that whole false sense of inflated ego because the charts will humble you. (laughs) Uh, Markets are not moving because of our 250K account. So what's... And we've, I've heard the horror stories of people getting, you know, too tied up in their emotions of being on the winning streak. I've been there myself. It's pretty wild to like learn how to manage that. What has been your journey for yourself when you start to have bigger and bigger wins to emotionally regulate and almost, I guess the word that comes to mind is robotic. You're robotic if you win, you're robotic if you lose, it's just a process. What have been some of the the key things that you've done to manage the emotional highs when you've won a really big trade? It really comes back, it it comes back to me with the, the swing of the pendulum, right? The motion of emotion is the swing of the pendulum. And in, in, like there's, don't get me wrong. I've had mega losses. Like I went through a period where I was actually sleep trading, where I had mm-hmm. to remove the trading app from my phone because I would wake up in the middle of the night and just, you know, market execute a trade. <laughs> no stop loss, no take profit. I'm just. I did not know press this. Buy, press sell. <laughs> yeah, I've done it three mm-hmm. times, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, I've done it three times, and we, we talk about it in like our trading community. Um, but yeah, that's something I've done before. So I think, you know, when it comes to say the emotional pendulum, right? The the motion, the the motion of emotion, this is where this really comes into play. And when people can understand this, they understand they understand what the highs are, they understand what the lows are, right? So the high kind of relates to the excitement, the happiness, the shit I've made it, right? And the low relates to the what the hell am I doing? I'm a piece of shit. I can't do this, right? But when you're mm-hmm. in the the state of neutrality, this is when you're actually present, you're focused, and you're acting in a highly conscious state. And this is this is the place where you're then able to make really good trading decisions, trade your trading plan, and therefore profits start happening like clockwork. Okay, and you're no longer affected if you win or if you lose. And that's the this is the the place where traders need to get to and and the reason people don't understand this like if people understood how like drugs and alcohol affect you right because in the brain we've got our receptors and they're called opiate receptors and these are the things that create the signal for being high when we're taking drugs or drinking alcohol and these are exactly the same receptors for our emotions okay so the receptors the receptors you have when you're feeling sad or angry happy or excited are essentially the same receptors when you use alcohol or drugs, 
Okay, so what that means is science right there is literally telling us that when you are experiencing an emotional state in trading and investing, it's like being intoxicated. So think of it like you know, alcohol like. is a filtering system. Yeah, yeah, like alcohol is a filtering system. So when you, it's like when you see things differently when sober people around you and vice versa, when you're sober and you see a drunk person doing some cook shit, <laughs> you're just like, oh, why is that person doing that? It's like, it's like, have you ever entered a trade on impulse and immediately thought, why the fuck did I do that? Like every trader, every investor has done that, right? And when the negative low of the pendulum, this is the result of, you know, emotional depletion, which is triggered by, say, a string of losses, right? The mental depletion, the, the emotional exhaustion because you're on such a low because you've had a string of hits. But also that can come from like, being mentally and physically tired from work. And then you get on the charts without having a pre-trading routine to get into that mutually centered state. So for me, the thing that helps me trade really well is having like a set of, like I have a specific playlist on YouTube, which is all about, you know, it's like um, just binaural beats. Mm -hmm. It's the same playlist every single time. I have the same essential oil that I put in my diffuser every single time. I have the same candle color that I light every single time. I have the same setting on my lamp, which is in front of me right now for trading. It's this orange, it's dimmer. It's not as bright as this. So I have these things that I do on a consistent basis for every single trading session. And it's almost like a primer, right? Mm. I then do a five minute breath work. I have an app on my phone called Elevate, which is like, you know, math. It's, I don't know, it's just a little thing where you can do like writing quizzes and memory and, and little maths and fractions and percentages. And it's all those things are like my brain training work. I, I make sure I'm fed. I make sure I'm, mm-hmm. you know, my needs of, of all the scale of needs are met before I start a trading session. Because when I didn't do that, if I didn't eat, like I'm the worst person in the world. I'm so emotional if I'm hungry. <laughs> and imagine bringing that to the charts. Poor chip. Mark, the, the charts is different. Yeah, poor chip, exactly. Exactly. And so... I think when it comes to being a really good trader, you have to know what I, you have to know yourself so well. And what I call this is your ITS, like your ideal trading state. Okay. Mm -hmm. And your ITS is so important. Every trader needs to know that, right? Like we need to, if we think about what it takes to be a professional trader, it's not just about jumping on and entering and exiting a trade and losing, making money in between. Right. There's so much more to it. And what I found with most traders, they're not actually considering the profession of this. They just treat it as like this little side gig, little hobby, mm. but it's actually a profession. And people need to treat it like that if they want to see really good results in trading. That's a really good distinction as well, because Australian tax law rep, uh, distinguishes professional traders differently to someone who's just doing this ad hoc on the side. And I think the identity, like you said, of ITS, making sure that if you're starting this and learning this skill, like you have a greater vision for yourself than making quick money. Like what is the purpose? What is the, what is the intention behind doing this in the first place? Why do you want to spend five hours a week learning this new skill? Um, in, so just for those listening, uh, SJ has built a team of 300 odd traders now, but 
like hundreds over the years, hundreds and hundreds of people over the years across the globe. You got 300 active traders who you teach and, and yet help educate through TradeHouse Australia. As a projector in human design, as someone who is very uh, observant, um, witnessing as well as being in that leadership position, what are some of the lessons or key insights that you've learned either about yourself, business, or other traders whilst you've been on this journey? Love to hear some of those. In terms of business, you know, the, especially like if you think about network marketing, right? I am the, not a traditional in that sense at all. The normal way of doing business and sales has never felt good for me. And I think people who don't understand themselves will just, you know, project and say, oh, you know, it's just skills you need to learn them, you need to learn them. But my motto in, in business and all that is literally like, if it doesn't feel good, I'm not doing it. Right. It's not a it's not a matter of I'm not doing it because it doesn't feel comfortable for me. It does. I, I mean, it in the in the way that it's not right for me. And so my results in business are pretty friggin not typical because of that. Right. I haven't once reached out to someone and said, hey, do you want to come learn to trade? <laughs> I don't prospect people in a way that most people would um, mm-hmm. in, in that in, in, in that industry, in that field, because um, it's never felt good for me and the reason I say that is because you brought up human design and when I understood projector then I understood myself in business to a way that okay it's actually not my job to go reach out to anyone it's my job to position myself as an authority and not just an authority but an actual expert because I think people have them confused as well they think I'm an authority in the space I'm an expert when really an authority can be done just through branding and marketing but to be an expert, you've actually got to know your shit. And mm-hmm. over the last seven years I've been doing that, I kind of, been, I, you know, going to blow some wind up my ass here for a second. I confidently fit in both categories, right? I've built the authority because I've had the experience, but I also know my stuff because I've been doing it long enough that I have the expertise in the field of trading. And so I don't even know your question. <laughs> like, <laughs> how did it come about? I don't know. I just, I focus on trading and I made that my mission. What have you observed? You know, like I, made say, my- I was just going to say, what do you observe in, in terms of you've, you've coached hundreds and hundreds of traders over that period of time. Some are still with you. Lots have left, given up, put on themselves. But in your position, um, your style hasn't changed. Like you have been really consistent at serving at the highest level. I've seen it. Um, you've yeah. truly been more consistent than anyone else has seen in the space. So what, what, if, what can you see between the ones who've kind of stuck it out enough to break through versus the ones who've just stopped? Yeah. Gotcha. Um, having a really deep why and a vision really helps people don't have that, you know, a saying that I love is people have sight, but they don't have vision right? They see what's in front of them, but they don't see the potential of where that could take them if they did what was necessary, right? So being like trading is a very, it's the biggest personal development journey you'll ever go on. I strongly believe that. I've learned more about myself from learning how to trade than anything else I've ever done. 
um, through all the courses I've all, all studied. Trading's been the one thing that's shown me and exposed all parts of me. And I've now embraced all of that instead of just whatever. But I think people think that they can do the least amount of work and get the most return. Whereas in something like business and something like trading, uh, that's not, that's not how this works. You know, hard, hard work is required. Smart work is required. Daily work is required. Um, you have to learn to make decisions based on where you want to go, not where you currently are now. Right. And that's where the whole don't give up what you want most for what you want right now falls into it. Right. Most people these days aren't cut out for trading, aren't cut out for business because they're making decisions of where they are right now. Not they had like they, this type of stuff needs an element of delusion to it. It's like, I don't know how it's going to happen, but the fact that people before me have done it shows me that it can be done. So what do I need to think and do to make that happen? Right. I think the other Mm. thing is, you know, mentorship for me is a key value. I think it's super important to make a commitment to mentorship and to continue education because that just keeps you in the student mindset. Right. Yes, you know, like I started my trading journal uh, journey on Google and YouTube and I learned the basics. But if I wanted to get to where I am today, I realized and I had to humble myself that maybe there's just a couple of things that I actually can't do on my own and I need to work mm. with someone that has had the lived experience. And so that mentorship and, and, and the commitment to always learning is actually a non-negotiable for me, right? There's a lot of people think that they get to a certain level and they know they no longer need that coach. They no longer need that mentorship. That's just your ego, in my opinion, right? I've been with the trade house for almost seven years. Mike's been my same mentor the whole entire time, right? Mm -hmm. Jordan, Zach, Vargas, all those guys I've stuck with for this amount of time. Right. Um, I think when it comes to the business side of things, whether it's like, no, I was just going to say, I think there's something to be said about that because and we'll, we'll talk about coaching and, and the space you're moving into as well. I, we see it where people just jump from one thing to the, to the next thing and they almost like don't give themselves an opportunity to also receive under mentorship. Yeah. So people come in and I, I think I've seen it with you and you've shared where people sign up and they don't, uh, that, you know, they join, they want to learn how to trade and then they do not take use of the, they don't use the resources available to them. They don't ask questions. They don't participate in the calls. All of this additional support is available for them and then they quit. And it's almost like people, yeah, have this inflated sense of I'm going to be the lone fucking wolf. I'm going to figure all this shit out on my own and struggle because they're running into their limitations all the time. Yeah. Um, reinforce the story. No one helps me. No one understands me. You know, I'm doing this on my own, whatever it is, and then leave. And people bounce from coach to coach, mentor to mentor all the time because they've never allowed themselves to actually be seen by somebody. And it takes time, doesn't it? For your mentors to get to know you and to understand you and how you think, and then to be able to support you. It does. And that's actually something that I call window shopping. (laughs) (laughs) 
like people just, you know, shop around without actually committing, um, committing to the healing, committing to the uncovering, committing to the journey, committing without going all in, right? And it's easy to go window shopping. It's easy to jump from whatever is new, whatever new bandwagon emerges, 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 but it takes so much more strength to strengthen even sincerity, even courage, right? To actually surrender to someone and integrate and embody what they're teaching and what they're learning. People, but people Mm. don't want to do that. And to be fair, I've had some coaches in the past where I just didn't didn't resonate with them, right? The modalities and the things that were teaching that, that, that were being taught they weren't for me, right? So I think this is where it comes down to the trust of self and the discernment that's needed mm. there to be like, okay, like maybe this particular thing isn't for me, but it doesn't mean I'm going to just like not give it a go or never hire a coach or a mentor ever again because of that one bad experience. You mm. know what I mean? So, you know, I had to go through three others before I fully surrendered to you and you were my friend. But you know why I didn't fully surrender to you, Ryan? It's because of my ego. Like I did not want all of my ugly parts to be seen by someone who knows me well. It was easy to just wear a mask and think and and let you think that I'm better than what I actually am. A lot of people don't want that. A lot of people don't have that humility, humility, right? They just want to be seen as better than they are rather than dropping Mm -hmm. all the armor and letting themselves be seen so they can actually make changes. People don't want to do that right? And even Mm -hmm. me with other coaches and other mentors, I can be my absolute self with them now because I actually trust that I can be seen and supported. Whereas before, like I was literally raised to be this independent woman, you don't need no man, try surrendering to anything Mm -hmm. when you come from that mindset. Whether it's a female or a male, it's impossible. So a lot of the times it's, it's not so much well, as a result of that, I actually projected a lot. You know, I signed up with this coach. I'm like, mm, not for me, not for me. Don't like that modality. But I actually didn't own my role in that relationship either. Like I didn't own the fact that maybe I wasn't letting myself be coached, wasn't letting myself be mentored because I didn't want to be seen. So I think in any coaching, mentoring relationship, yeah. we need to see if we're not getting what we want, are we mm-hmm. actually all in with it? And what is our role to play? Because it's not just the coach's fault that you're not getting the results. I think it's a really interesting distinction as well, because this comes back down to you knowing yourself in part, because sometimes you're not going to feel safe in the space. You don't know why you just know that it, you know, and sometimes we feel like, I don't know what it is. It's not logical. It doesn't make sense, but I just don't feel like I can be all of me and, and fully expressed in that space either. So yeah, there's, there's two parts to, to that, I think, and, and figuring out where can you kind of settle in or find, find homage. Um, I think the really special thing here, uh, that I wanted to really articulate to listeners is just observing your personal growth as as a as a friend 
and then also just see you take off professionally over the last say 18 months has been this kind of rocket ship um because yeah you and i've known each other since 2018 um but truly seeing how much everything has just compounded and snowballed for you. And 2022 was a phenomenal year in many ways. Yeah. Uh, launching your business, um, getting married, uh, and, and no doubt all the work that you've done over the last decade has compounded to you being the woman that you are today, the wife, uh, the auntie, all of it, friend, leader, coach, mentor. Um, but just for like everyone listening, the amount of introspection, questioning, healing uh, that SJ has committed herself to, to doing on herself to ensure that when she shows up, she's not projecting her stuff onto her clients or for people around her. You're willing to have those deep, uncomfortable conversations. Um, you've put your back up against the wall at different times in your journey to create profound results. What would you say over the last say 12 months has been the biggest lesson you've learned about yourself? Uh, I've had many identity crises in the last 18 months. Uh, and what this comes down to for me is leadership, you know, um, leadership is about who you are being when no one's watching, Mm -hmm. right? It's when you're not on social media, it's when cameras aren't on, it's when there's no pressure to show up in the training community, when there's no pressure to show up online, it's about who you get to be. And so a lot of my growth has evolved into leadership because I've been so devoted to inner work, right? Because a lot of people think leadership is about your image, right? But leadership for me is really, it's like having to, it's having the courage to go to the depths of yourself where most people don't want to go because most people don't want to go there because it's easy to blame everything else when really it's just like, what role am I playing in my life? That's giving me the most undesirable results. Let's go there. Mm, Let's go yeah. there. Um, <laughs> so I think ownership, ownership of the roles I play in my life has been probably the biggest thing that's helped me grow so much. It's the thing that's made me embrace my evolution as a human, as a trader, as a business owner, as a wife as a sister as a daughter mm. right it's 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 not doing the same thing over and over and again while being the same person you know what i mean like we need my, my highest value is growth mm. and i went through a really deep period where i had to i started questioning everything i was just like i have all these belief systems that i hold so strongly but did I actually choose them for myself or am I carrying around someone else's beliefs? Mm. And it's really that was an interesting period last year. Hey. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How many times did I call you crying? <laughs> How many times did I call you crying? Um, 
so yeah, I think I think for me it's it was just really learning who I am without mm. the labels and to be honest, I don't really have an answer for that. So please don't ask me who am I. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Slowly figuring that out. But I know who I am no longer, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. So I'm slowly learn that leadership and life is about being yourself, not proving yourself. And proving myself has been my operating lens because I've lacked so much self-worth, self-esteem. I've the stories I would yeah. tell myself. I was literally living my life out of the I need to prove myself lens. And that's where you experience so much heartache. And I was sick of the, that type of heartache that I'm like, I'm the fucking common denominator in my life here. Like, what am I doing? So, right. yeah, I mean, yeah. What would you say is one of the biggest beliefs that you were challenging in that period of questioning? Because I think there was a few that came up, but I was curious curious to know which one like was there one that had a profound impact on you it's like fuck that is not mine or I am changing that that no longer is true or applicable for me so many things have been untrue for me um you know the people pleasing wound was very strong for me very strong for me I would lose myself trying to make others happy Right. And that was like, even just saying that, that gets me super fucking emotional because that's what I would do. I would bend over backwards for the sake of appeasing others. Yet my, everything about me was on the line for that. You know, I would maintain leaky, shitty behaviors and friendships. I would let toxic things just be the norm. And I think when you can call yourself out on that, and once again, what's my role playing in this shitty relationship that I'm no longer like? Why am I entertaining this? Um, just even that question of why am I entertaining this if I don't like it? What need is being soothed here? Mm. Right? What need is not being met here? And really starting to question all of that. Um, because, yeah, like the, the, the whole, it's the, the whole journey of like the self-discovery is unraveling all that you once thought you are to uncover who you actually are right so mm -hmm. that's letting go of everything that i've thought i've had to be in order to survive to have the loving relationship to have the success in order to be like oh i had this goal but why did i want this goal and it's mm -hmm. like you know how many times i said to you last year that this goal is no longer my goal anymore and you're like oh why and I'm like, because I actually wanted that goal because it made me think I'd be worthy if I had that goal. And so it's yeah. just like, like I said, the questioning of everything to really be like, oh, I think I wanted that because it was going to make me feel this type of way and feel belonging here and accepted and worthy. And then it's just like, no, I want this goal now because this is what this now, you know, feeds for me. So... Yeah, I, I know. I know that feeling. I remember. I remember living in Sydney, and walking to go and study every every day. And I think one in like three women that I walked past had this had Louis Vuitton bags. And so when I started earning earning money where I could afford my own, I remember being in the the hotel and there was a boutique downstairs. And I walked in and. In two minutes I bought a bag 
didn't even think about it, paid for it, took it up to the hotel room. And the feeling of that lasted for all of five minutes. I don't even think I yeah. used the bag more than three times over six months and then <laughs> ended up selling it because for the same reason, I was like, oh, I thought this would give me something, happiness, status, whatever it was. And it was all inflated. Actually, I had the belief, therefore, that I was being too over the top by taking it out to lunch because my friends didn't have this. So then that was my foolish oh, yeah. shit I had to work through. And so there's so much resistance to actually owning it fully anyway. I was like, this actually isn't me. Let me get rid of it. Mm. So interesting. And yeah. I think what you just touched on is like, what you just walked a whole group of women through with your trailblazer program, right? Yep. Yeah. And game changer. Was... Um, you know, that actually is, a lot of that convo happened in conscious consumption in the financial program. Yeah. And what, um, cause I, you, you ran it over two weeks. You ran it with a mutual friend of ours, Ruby, and just took yep. women on a, on a trip. <laughs> um, and the testimonials from that have been phenomenal. The, the, the work that they've then done in the introspection for themselves, what, um, what became available for some of the women that you've served wasn't possible before. Let me read you a text message I got this morning. Mm. All right, so from one of my Latina, beautiful Latina clients, she, or in the court of the recording, she could never be on live, but she sent me a message and she said, Trailblazer taught me how important it is to honor myself, the value of being true to my core and understanding my triggers. To be honest, part two of shadow work really stung. Having to realize the only reason I'm so emotionally unstable at times is because I continue to relive my past traumas and I identify as it. Um, it's not my fault for the way someone chose to treat me, but it is my responsibility for how I choose to react. What I value dictates more of my standards than what I think I want. Soul needs versus egocentric wants, um, owning my, owning up to my femininity, embracing the diverse being that I am without allowing others opinions to suppress me, becoming aware of triggers and where they stem from before I lash out at someone else. So much was made available to these trailblazers. So much. Um, yeah, huge. huge. That's just one example, but my inbox mm -hmm. is full. Um, you know, the purpose of trailblazer was because I reached a point in my career last year where I had made so much money, but I felt really empty, felt really lonely. Um, and I couldn't figure out why. And so the point of Trailblazer was really, it was two weeks that alone could have been a, a year course as well. You know, it was truly figuring out who the heck I am, why I am the way I, that I am, why I want the things that I want, why I don't want the things that I, I say I don't want, how am I not showing up as myself? What am I suppressing? It was just the most epic thing I've probably ever created. 
I loved it. So and we're actually running a men's one next week. And exactly. And I think it's so interesting. I've never found the answer to this. Um, when I used to do a lot of volunteer work and then also when you get in personal development, it's three to one. There are three times as many women as there are men doing this stuff. And yet it's so important. And you wonder how, how we actually function at a societal level. It's, it's both, it's men and women needing to do this stuff, but it yeah. so often seems like, yeah, there's a woman's circle and there's a, there's a female group for everything. Um, you, you need, <laughs> you need a group of women to go to the bathroom sometimes together. And it's, <laughs> yeah. And, um, I think it's so interesting, like recognizing the significant difference that the, this work can make for men as well and transform their life, their relationships, um, how they perceive themselves too. And we know the stats that men suffer greater rates of depression, suicide, Australia, I think, so the highest rate of both of those, and yet they suffer in silence. Yeah. And so this work is so needed. How do you want to do the, the men's program differently? Um, great question. I got a message from someone, a man the other day being, who am I to run a men's program? <laughs> mm -hmm. And I'm like, hmm, sounds like you need to get in the men's program. Um, <laughs> Look, yeah. one thing I've learned about men is men want to provide, right? They want to have a purpose. They want to have a deep, fulfilling relationship, be a really great father. They want to live a life with integrity. But a lot of the times they feel stuck and directionless. And what I, I took from this is, like, if we think about you know, the first call, for example, is going to be around ego and identity, right? Because we need to get anything that we say things where it's like, I am, you know, I am a builder, I'm a plumber, I'm a footy player, I'm a surfer, I am a father, I am not a good communicator, I am emotionally unavailable, right? Like, mm -hmm. we need to consider the good parts of ourselves, and we need to consider the bad parts of ourselves. And it's, it's very unlikely that the things you consider the bad parts of yourself other things that men, right, in this case, because that's who we're talking to, were yeah. actually reprimanded or punished for when they were a kid. And so this work is not a gender-based work, right? The reason I, I made it, you know, not a co-ed, is that the right word, co-ed program, oh, and I, I made it for women and I made it for men, is because we do have different sets of needs. We do communicate differently. We are essentially mm. wired differently. Um, especially in terms of like conflict and things like that. And so it's not a, it's not a one size fits all come in and just join about it. Like it's specifically tailored for women. It's specifically tailored for men. And the thing about say identity, right? Many men operate under a set of, you know, misunderstandings of what men are supposed to be. And these misunderstandings are inadvertently taught and enforced by men, but mainly wounded men, 
right? Mm -hmm. And the things that men really associate with is, you know, there's only one way to be a man and that's to fear the feminine. It's to, you know, funnel all your feelings into sex and aggression and don't show your feelings. And, you know, boy society is based on power, strength, and, you know, a boy needs a, a, a male role model and his mother is this or whatever, right? Um, you know, if you don't please your mother, you you bet you must marry someone like her. You know what I mean? And so mm. all of these things that men are typically raised on are so contradictory. They're confusing. And they demand that men conform to an unachievable standard that overlooks the nuances of men as individuals, right? And so the reason why this particular um you know, men's work is important is because, you know, I've learned so much about men working with traders that are men, right? I'm in a male dominated field. And so, you know, if we want to talk about what trailblazer is, it means to live your life, your relationships, have the health that you want, the family, the purpose, the finances, all in a way that feels, uh, that feels fulfilling. Okay. And it's, it's super important work. Like the things that we're focusing on is, you know, masculinity, it's shadow work for men as well. It's emotional regulation, it's emotional wounding, right? It's, it's how a man's childhood affects their present moment. Um, it's, you know, the nice guy fucking theories, right? Um, I don't know, it's just literally like, it's how to deal with grief. It's how to deal with anger, right? It's how men can also have really fulfilling relationships. It's teaching men how women are in relationships because in the women's one, we actually talk to how men are in relationships. So, yeah, it's going to be so fucking fun. There's about 11 guys in um, as opposed to, like, women there were 49, so significantly mm. less. But the men that are in there are phenomenal men, like, they're either, you know, I, I, I say this type of work is like, well, this particular journey of, you know, trailblazer, um, there's, there's a few different, there's layers to this shit. And in terms of, um, you know, the worlds that we live in, we've got our little upper world and our middle world and our underworld. And a lot of people are trying to get to the upper world, which is like that awakening stage yet they don't want to face the underworld, which is everything they've suppressed. And it's learning, it's, it's about going there, going deep, seeing all that you are and mm. bringing and just illuminating that and helping men feel whole in a way that they've never been taught or shown to. It's awesome. Uh, I think a lot of your work um, and, and programs are also moving into this idea of teaching leadership and so for those who don't know, SJ has this raft, diverse, ex like experience uh, across all sorts of different fields from personal training to psych, you're doing a counseling and trauma-informed coaching cert at the moment. Uh, I only learned last year that you were a dog handler and judge. Um, you know, uh, and, and as obviously taught all of these individuals how to trade over the last few years. And I think um, it's really cool to see all of your programs now touch on this, 
yeah, this ideal client around being self-led, but being the leader of your life, being in charge, taking control, taking ownership, so that the people around you don't suffer because of your pain, subtle manipulation, control, all these things that we try to do sometimes unconsciously to those around us and we have an impact on them and we mm. can we can hurt people without realizing it sometimes we do it intentionally because we know exactly how to push someone's buttons to make it sting and i think what's been really cool to watch your your coaching grow over the last 12 months around calling people to a higher level um, in terms of leadership that's available for their life. So I'm really excited for the, the men's program and you've got a couple of really exciting things in the works for later this year. We've got a couple of collaborative projects um, <laughs> baking in the oven too, which I'm super pumped about. Where do you see your business or journey going this year, personally and professionally? I'd love to know what sort of uh, direction do you see it all moving in? So this is actually something I'm at big conflict with <laughs> because like at the start of the year, I said to you, you know, by 2024 in like this year and next year, mm -hmm. I want to do like 1.4 mil, right? Huge mm -hmm. goal. But then the other side of me is last year I made the money and yet felt so empty. And this year, this year's work is more about the soul work, right? It's, it's my focus isn't on high cash months, even a high cash year, right? I've actually, actually don't care about that. Okay. Because what I'm actually sick of seeing and let's just go there, Ryan, because <laughs> I know we can yeah. save about it. Yeah. Um, the I'm gold for balloons, hey? <laughs> The gold, yeah, the gold balloons, you know, 100K cash months, like good fucking on you. But like you, you make people feel like a number. You make your clients and customers feel like a number. And the people that I know who are making seriously life-changing amounts of money, they're not actually motivated by the money, right? It's, mm. it's because they see money as a tool to unlock more from life and to give them greater impact. And this is where you and I get along really well and and do business and life really well together because impact is one of our things and i made a post about it yesterday about how when choosing a coach and when choosing a mentor going off how much money they make is not the lens in which you should choose a coach or a mentor okay because just because they've made that much money does not mean you are going to make that much money mm -hmm. and so my my thing with trading is a thing that I've always wanted to do was when I started making really big money, I wanted to do something better for the world, right? Because awesome. I've had a lot of clients who in trading that suffer from domestic violence, right? Emotional violence, financial abuse. Like I have traders that don't even pay me. They have access to my account because their partner is so financially abusive that they can't leave the relationship because they control every ounce of every dollar that they earn, right? They literally, it's so bad, Ryan, that their partners will, this one in particular, drives them to work, picks them up from work, right? Like 
it is so like it breaks my heart and so part of my mission is to make the information that we have accessible for everyone right and when i when i see coaches out there charging like stupid amounts of money for mentorship it breaks my heart a little bit because i'm like fair enough that's their ideal client but my ideal client right is someone who just wants a better fucking life for themselves and their family right they may not have the most hectic money goals as me mm. right the mission that i'm on but i'm not going to see them as less of a human because they either can't afford crazy fucking mentorship or whatever right like i want life to be easier for them that's i want them to to live a fulfilling life whether that is working their job whether that is trading whether that is helping them build a business whatever it is right mm. so for me it's like this year's work is it's a lot different than what I thought it was. It's now like, if I think of trailblazer, right, it's deep personal work for men and women. When I think of my seek to find program, it is a program all around identity and purpose, right? Because mm. like I said before, so many people, they get to a certain point, especially mothers where they have a child, they have a family and then they're like, who am I? They don't, mm. people don't know who they are without the labels they've imposed on themselves with their career titles, they don't know who the hell they are, right? And so they're just living this mundane life that they just wake up, it's Groundhog Day every single day, and they're now starting to wake up and realise there's got to be more to life. That is my client, right? That particular client isn't probably a high-paying client. And I'm actually so okay with that because if I can give someone a set of tools, mm. some knowledge, some wisdom that unlocks something in them, like I'm getting emotional thinking about this, then my job is done. Right. I know that if I can access the people that maybe don't have the highest amount of money to invest in a coach, but I show them how to create something of their own where they can fulfill many other aspects of your life, then my job's done. Totally. Right. If I have a business client who makes, you know, 10, 20, $30,000 a month, sure. It's a different conversation. Oh. Right. So I don't have a set ideal client I just have a client who wants their life to be fucking better and let's just create that let's work from where you are figure out where you want to be and do the work in between so I don't know if I'll make my crazy goal of 1.4 but if I do amazing if I don't also amazing because I know with what I'm offering it is going to be more accessible on a larger scale to the people mm. that need it the most yeah and I think the other interesting component there is it's deeply fulfilling and impactful because we know of people who have 10 times more than what we're talking about and still feel totally empty on the inside mm -hmm. that to me breaks yeah. my heart i i one of the things that was on my bucket list like 10 years ago was this idea of dancing with ellen degeneres and I remember contacting her, like when she came to Australia and stuff. Um, but hearing about the the DJ, like that to me, I think about mm. as some of these men, celebrity men, the work that you're going to do with guys next week, and not not having that connection. So on paper, they have everything that people are chasing: the fame, the fortune, all of it, and. We, we want in his internal world, but 
I've read enough stories of people who have been on the brink of jumping over a bridge and finding community and safety and love and, you know, being yeah. reconnected to something and that being almost like the biggest regret because there's no coming back from that decision. Um, yeah. And this work is so important. And, and you know, we're talking about the, the, the big post about the money goals. When I got into coaching, that was not what people spoke about. People spoke about helping others and transforming their life. And to Tony Robbins' credit, the reason why he is still number one after 35 plus years is because his message has been consistent and it's always focused on helping other people. Isn't that funny? You actually, like, I never see Tony Robbins with a gold balloon. <laughs> no. No, but he, he, he <laughs> bought a hundred, $100 million plane be, and, and like, yeah. kudos to him. He, I think, um, his businesses, his businesses do $2.5 billion a year in revenue. That's insane. You know what? He's 35 years in. Yeah. Yep. Um, he's the same age as my dad. He's 66, I think, this year. The fact that he can still do three-day seminars for 12 hours blows my absolute mind. But again, a testament to his work because all the people who popped up along the way who saw this, I think, just for making money are no longer here. And we don't remember them. Coaches who popped yeah. up a few years ago, I think like the coaching industry is going through this phase that the personal training industry went through a few years back. Anyone just slapped PT at the end of their name thinking, fuck yeah, I'm going to be able to bring in clients. And it's hard. Yeah. It's um, hard. It's so hard. It's a lot harder if you don't care. Like if you don't give a fuck about your clients, that's the, that's where I think it's a really tough gig if you do not enjoy what you do because the soul work is also meeting people and seeing them and seeing something that's possible for them that maybe they couldn't see for themselves. Maybe they, they didn't think it was possible to get out of the domestic violence situation and they've chatted to you. And I know you've got some incredible testimonials too. I think from like two clients who've actually used trading to work themselves out of that position which is incredible yeah yeah and i, like I love jeremy that <laughs> yeah <laughs> it is it is the stuff that matters it's like i think this you go i think it's lagging something that's like super misleading i think i'm seeing a lot in the in the you know, they're really expensive coaches that just preach like get in my vibes and get in my world and nothing actual like business strategy, which is what you do, which is why I love what you offer because your strategy, your systems, your operations because of your, you know, engineering background as well. But also you give a f absolute huge fuck about people and how like your ability to hold people at the capacity that you do and your inner knowledge and your inner wisdom to support people through everything they're going and to challenge the, you know, existing paradigms that people are operating in. I've never seen anything like it. Right. Because most creatures I see you, it's so true. Like nothing, it's easy to say that because it's just who you are. But most people I see that are just like business gets to be easy. Business is easy. Come and join me because business is easy and I'll show you. It's like, Stop misleading people for the sake of making a sale because business and trading is not easy. 
it is one of the mm. most challenging things you'll ever go. And the one thing that we saw, especially after like the last couple of years of 2020 and all that, people were looking for ways to make money online. And people saw coaching as like, oh, I've, I've gone through some stuff. I'm going to now slap coach on my name and now I'm this and I'm going to go share and teach from my lived experience when that is actually incredibly detrimental. And what I, what I have absolute trust and absolute faith in is in the next, you know, 12 months, 24 months, those coaches won't be around because mm-hmm. they don't actually have what it takes to make it last in a field like this because it is hard. It is really hard. I think the key distinction for sure. And I think this is a testament. This is why I hold, you know, SJ in in such high regard is she has not only the experience, but the, the qualifications to back it up. So she's not teaching on things she doesn't actively believe in. It's not a regurgitation. That's, I think that's a key distinction as well. People going and doing some course for a weekend or reading a book and then teaching straight off the bat from that. And just because you've been through some traumatic experiences is not permission for you to then hold other people through whatever they've gone through. It's not yeah. the same. Like, um, yeah. People don't know what they've been through. I don't share that willy nilly. No, totally. And, um, it's, it's really, really interesting to observe the space. And that's why I'm really, I'm so excited for the people we get to serve because I I mentioned this yesterday. I, I really feel like in, in the mission work that we're, we're doing and how we're wanting to facilitate people, but there's going to be others who haven't had their needs met elsewhere. or They haven't um, found a place where they belong. And there's two really exciting things that are coming up uh, later in the year is Rebel with Wealth and another cool community that we're going to launch together called The Human Experience. And in both instances, a massive component of those is actually finding a space where you can flourish because you have the support to step into the greatest version of yourself and not be held back by uh yeah friendship circles or family or different things that aren't conducive to your growth like we celebrate it we acknowledge it we're going to call you forward um rebel with wealth is something you know you and i've been chatting about as well the emergence of what is going to happen when people are thinking about uh, the future and money and and different things shifting in the marketplace and and probably this whole idea of working full-time is going to disappear in the next 10 years and more people are going to be freelancers Mm. and having different side hustle and projects so being ahead of the curve and trying to think differently right 100%. 100%. You did an amazing... Yeah, I mean... You didn't... Sorry, you go. <laughs> no, 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 go, go, go. I was just going to mention something about Rebel, but keep going. I was going to say, um, you, you made an incredible post last week as to why people should be trading, and you've had 11 people jump at this for the first time after watching 12. years. 12. 
Amazing. Um, yeah. So cool. I, which post was that? Was it the? Uh, why you should the bull like, you should just be trading? Yeah, the bull. Yeah, it was the most simple, basic post. <laughs> you know, you asked me the other day, like, why am I so passionate about teaching people how to trade? And it's just honestly, like I spoke to this last night, I just don't understand how people can just continue life as if nothing happened in the last two, three years, how they can just think that, that you can just like, did we not learn anything? Did we not learn anything? And this is why rebel with wealth is incredibly important because this is the program that will learn, will, will, will help you learn how to make money work for you, how to succeed in this continuously changing world, right? You will, people are going to learn the value or even just the ideas around modern wealth creation, right? Because it's not just your job, <laughs> right? It's not just your job. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm so passionate about this skill set because if I, if I think back to the last couple of years, I've been supporting, like, cause my husband was in, he's an artist and he's hospitality, right? Mm. Mega industries hit by the worldly pandemic. Like he was out of work. And if I didn't have trading as a skill set, we would not have survived. Like, <laughs> like what? Yeah. I don't know how people did it. They did it because of, you know, government handouts and, and racking into their emergency fund and unfortunately withdrawing their super. Mm. Right? Like yeah. as soon as they got the option. Dangerous. Yeah. Dangerous. So yeah, I mean, I just don't understand how people can just think the world is gonna be always is how it always was and not make any skill set changes. Right? Don't get it. <laughs> So, so SJ, for all those who've been listening along and either the tr trailblazer for men has jumped out at them or they've actually seen something available to themselves for trading, right? And being able to choose this or to learn a new skill. I know we've got some other upcoming programs later in the year. How would they get in touch with you? What is the best way for them to learn more about who you are, what you do, who you serve? Um, best way would just be Instagram, um, and my email. So my Instagram is S J dot Plumpton P L U M P T O N. And my email is hello at S J Plumpton.com. Um, they are my two ways or Facebook as well as just S J Plumpton, um, or S J Chubity. So they are the best ways to contact me, but my Instagram is where I am the most active. So just be wary of fake accounts. There are heaps and heaps and heaps out there and they're always getting made. Um, but mm -hmm. my Instagram is only sj.plumpton, no spelling errors, no additional dots, no underscores, no numbers. It's just my name. Um, and it's really easy to see which accounts are fake and whatnot. You just go in and see the posts and zero interaction <laughs> we've got to figure so out just, a way to get you um, verified this year hey <laughs> that would help yeah i've actually um, been, been talking to someone about that so yeah, just use your noggin and uh you'll be able to find me <laughs> i will make sure to leave sj's details underneath this recording in the show notes but 
Um, SJ, no doubt we will have to do another session on on all the things because I just love talking to you. We could be here for another two hours. What is something, Yeah. if this was the very first time that someone was listening to you talk and, you know, learning about you and you, they never, for whatever reason, they never cross paths with you again, what would be a thought, idea, word of wisdom, nugget of gold that you would leave them to ponder on off the back of today's conversation? Question everything. Question why you do what you do. What does it serve for you? Is it question why you do everything that you do? If you are unsure of if you should be doing a job, doing a thing on the weekend, dating someone, being friends with this someone, question it. Is this bringing me closer to my purpose, closer to my goals? If it's not, then making decisions become really easy. Question everything that you believe. Is it my, did I choose this belief or was it imposed on me? This can be religion. Like, think about it. Most people are born into religion. They didn't choose that, mm. yet they believe it because it's just what they've all known their whole life. Doesn't mean it's right, doesn't mean it's wrong, but just make sure that if you want to live your life to the best that you can, make sure you're actively choosing the things that light you up, not just because mm. it's default. So live your life by design, not by default. Mm. She trademarked that. <laughs> that's awesome (laughs) no thank you actually thank you so much i love you um thank you for sharing all of your goodness gold and heart with us i'm really excited for all those who tuned in and actually get the honor and privilege of like hearing you speak for the first time because you know i just endorse everything you do and um Please, if you if you if you don't already follow this incredible woman, uh, jump on Instagram. She has so many nuggets of gold that she drops on the daily in service of people upgrading their life. Right, like and anything like there's so much that's available to you. She'll challenge it in the best way, um, and have a look out for her upcoming programs too over the next few months. It's gonna be incredible. So if you're a man, Trailblazer in February. Um, and just thank you so much. Thank you for being here. Pleasure's all mine. Guys, thanks for tuning in. Until next time, ciao for now. That wraps up our business today. And if you loved what you heard, I'd ask that you share it with friends, leave a review, and tag me at it's Ryan Drake with hashtag behind the business or jump into the Facebook group to score all of the resources from today's episode. And until next time, wishing you peace and profits. Keep building. Ciao for now.